This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm here again with Nicole uh, today, uh, given his military experience, we're going to talk about my perennial, I keep saying favorite topic, but it's also a pretty morose topic, which is the Russia-Ukraine situation. We're going to kind of go a little bit through the history of, of what's already happened so that this episode can pretty much air almost any any possible time. So um in case, but we will probably talk about projections. So just for the audience to realize, and by the way, I never say this is the beginning, but uh, please hit like and subscribe and notify. Uh, Cause I know you all are watching these, these videos cause I uh, am getting tons of watch time, but uh, we also need, need, you know, need subscribers. So yeah. Hear. Don't just hit like smash, like don't just hit it, smash it. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> really right. smash it. You have frustrations. You are angry about things. Use this as an opportunity to smash things. Smash the like button. That's right. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going to talk about Russia, Ukraine. So in the very beginning, Nick, Nick and I talked a little bit about this for a long time before I even hit record, but I think we're going to rehash some of it. Nick had a fairly intriguing theory about why Putin attacked um, in the north. Uh, outside of, of of Kiev, and it wasn't quite the uh, disaster that it appeared to be. Now, for the record, I, I think it was a disaster, but I don't think it was a disaster because Putin was an idiot. I think it was a disaster because Putin had, again, I'm not a Putin lover, but he had really, really bad intel information. But anyway, what is this tantalizing theory that I speak of? Nick? The funny thing is, like, I've noticed that I'm not a Putin lover, but has become the... Um, uh, Trump Trump says really mean things, but I sure do like that cheap gas. You know, uh, it's it's kind of right, funny. right, right. You know, I mean, just uh, you know, okay. So I can't believe anybody doesn't want to take this, but I think I'm going to go down in history, and and again, I've been wrong before. I actually said uh, after George W. Bush, I said give him 20 years and he'll be considered a great president, and actually, it only took 10 years. But then he kind of outed himself, and, and but because the because the latest Republican candidate, yeah, yeah, because the, the, the like the latest Republican yeah. president is literally the worst thing yeah, since Hitler. Every time, right? Remember when Mitt Romney was the worst thing yeah, since, since worst like, ever. hey, hey, the 1980s called. They yeah. they went Russia back. Yeah. Remember that one? But I, I just right. but you, everybody forgets how like how much hated Bush was. You know, just yeah. like oh, this village needs an idiot and endless war, and now we're like war, war, war. But I, my favorite thing is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm right about some things, I'm right or wrong about some things, but as I watched 
the initial days of the attack go down and I saw what I considered a very bold move, which is to go through Chernobyl. I said, honestly, that is a Hannibal-esque move to go through an area that's sort of already been canalized by a, a, a nuclear meltdown. Canalization is when we try to direct the enemy to go a certain way so that we can kill them better. And I'd wondered if the Ukrainians had sat there and said, well, no one's going to go through Chernobyl. It's a holocaustic nuclear wasteland and you're going to you're going to end up you're going to end up poisoned and then the russians are like um well we used to throw waves of thousands of guys with no bullets into a, a meat grinder just to wear out german ammunition and so we're going to do that and like i think there's an argument to be made that much of if, if, if you give the you if you give the russians maybe more credit than you want to they may still actually be pursuing that thing of like well let's just use up a bunch of men and equipment Life is cheap for us. We don't care. And so I'm not going to go there, but I do, I'm going to say this, I'm going to plant this flag. And then because I love discussion and comments and everything, let's argue about it on the internet. And you, you know, you can call me wrong, but I'm going to say that the advance through Chernobyl will go down as one of the top five military maneuvers in history, because what we're looking at, what is it? Uh, are we 30 days out now? Is that what that anniversary just passed? Or what was, was it? No, it was 100 days. Out. 100 days. We're 100 days out. What do we see? Well, southern and eastern Ukraine are gone. Maripol has collapsed. Will you accept that the Donbass is done? It's over? Uh, it's still... I know there was a new I think attack this morning. Luhansk, Luhansk appears to be on the verge of collapse. Right. Um, Donetsk still has some life and the artillery, the American supplied artillery yeah. is starting to shape the battle space. Starting there's also the been battle. a there's also been a limited counterattack uh, near Hersan from the Ukrainians. Right. At the same time, the Russians. So the Russians have been relatively like the, the scale of their offensive um, keeps uh, winnowing down. So in the very beginning, it was very grand. Um, Putin, to his credit saw that it wasn't working in the north, repositioned, uh, wanted to do like the um, kind of large encirclement in the, in, in the, in, uh, the Donbass. That wasn't working. Kharkiv kind of was, they were kind of ejected from Kharkiv. Uh, Kharkiv. Then the Russians started doing the uh, Sever, uh, Severodonetsk encirclement. And what the latest I've read is they're advancing about a, a kilometer a day. Yeah, which I mean, frankly, is they're 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 finally meeting with tactical success by limiting their aims, but they're steadily chipping away right. in that area. You know, that area now in Kherson, that was a bit of a surprise for the Russians, and they're kind of scrambling. Yeah, there. Now, so remember, that's kind of where we we as where Americans, we stand, right? We as Americans, we all have to remember, like we're trained for mass quantities right now and instant gratification. We are trained for shock and awesome. And all of that, as much as I am Army, and you are Army, and we love to make fun of the Air Force and the DINFAC that they have, but you get your shock and awesome out of superior air power. And the United States has always benefited from that. So you can- We're spoiled. You, I, I think if it would have been us, we would have rolled Ukraine in three days. Now, when they went through Chernobyl, I think what they were saying is the US will think that we are attempting to do shock and awesome and go for a kill shot on Kiev. And so they said, oh, let's march through uh, um, uh, uh, Chernobyl. 
We don't care if everybody gets sick, as you pointed out to me. Then they started building defenses there, basically baiting the Ukrainians to attack it and fire artillery on it, knowing that they wouldn't. Because again, it's one of these weird locations that comes with issues. And it was a great exploit. There was once a battle between the Egyptians and I think it was the Hittites. And the Egyptians figured, or the Hittites figured out that the Egyptians worshipped cats and they drove cats before them in this battle. And the Egyptians knelt and they just chopped off their heads. So it's a weird, like, it's a very weird little thing. I'd like to get together with the Russians afterwards and say, was this your plan or did you just get lucky? Um, that, now, that, by, by the way, that just reminded me, I'm just throwing this out there because it's so freaky. The Iranians did something similar where they sent children ahead of the yeah. waves to the like in, in the Iran Iraq war and they all had keys around their necks and they would just send them I mean where they were like just yelling or I mean just talk about yeah. really creepy tactics I know. it's as you advance in technology and you get into UAVs and you know smart weapons and all these kind of things you you have to like what I if I were going to go to the the war college I would say we do have to reacquaint ourselves with the tribalism and superstition and horror effects of a battlefield. It's not when you're looking at a big screen and you're planning and you're running kill chains and everything like that, you're not seeing what's going on in the ground and that, that things can change because of very jacked up shit like that. So I, my belief is that the Russians never intended to actually take Kiev. What they did instead is they drove from the North as a feint. They were basically throwing a feint with their left, let's say, I'm using my right. And they were saying, we're going to convince the Americans who are really actually running the Ukrainians that we're going for a knockout blow. And then look, we're going to drive all these huge supply columns down this choked up road. And maybe they'll fly an A-10 in there and just have a heyday. And then we can basically declare a full out war. The Americans said, oh, no, let's put a bunch of AT in there, which is also effectively. So they could have took, taken a junk army driven it through a nuclear war zone, not really caring what's going to happen, nuclear fallout zone, and then basically lined it up. And so what a commander would have to do is say like, okay, that's the attack. I'm shifting over to here. Everything's going over to here. What do we see a hundred days later? Southern Ukraine and Eastern Ukraine, no matter what happens, are gone forever. They'll never be part of the Ukraine again. So even the Russians here say, hey, that's enough. We're done. No one's getting Southern or Eastern Ukraine. The Poles are getting ready to carve off their slice. So was it a bad plan or was it a really great fake? So I, I want to I challenge, not challenge you, challenge. but I, I want to learn. No, no. Well, I'll challenge you on the first yeah. part in a second. But that's, that's, you said, the second thing you said was actually very tantalizing. We didn't talk about this. The Poles taking their slice. Because historically, you know, that's the, you know, that, that uh, I mean, Germany and Russia did their own thing to Poland like that. Right. And historically, Poland has also, and Russia have done sorts of things like that to Ukraine. And, and earlier on in a, our private discussion, you mentioned something about the 82nd Airborne in Poland. So I'm going to try to put this together and you tell me if I'm, I'm I'm right or wrong, but uh, are you suggesting that the 82nd Airborne is in Poland? Um, I can say that for for two reasons, uh, which are completely the opposite of each other. One, to stop the Poles from moving in, or two, to declare 
Western Ukraine, kind of like a East West Germany sort of situation, and the Poles end up being the the manpower to guarantee that. I'm guessing it's the second one, or well, maybe I missed it entirely. Uh, well, you did, you did. Now those okay. are, those okay. those will those will be the official reasons why the why 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 they are there. Um, the real reason is the United States fears the civil war. And they know that most of the military units and guard units will probably side with them. Um, they're not convinced that the 82nd will. They're convinced that the 82nd and the Marines are a threat, which is why the Marines are currently on a Westpac, which they haven't been going on Westpacs much. And I could be wrong about that. Marines are on a Westpac until mid-November. Now that's interesting, why mid-November? The 82nd is being held hostage in Poland so that they don't act up if things go sideways here in the late summer months leading up to the election. That is purely conjecture on my part. That is me just being a paranoid science fiction writer. That is me seeing an armed, uh, surrounded, barricaded Washington, DC. That is me seeing the left constantly talking about taking away people's guns and let's have a civil war now. All things that I do not want to have, but everybody can tell you, if there's one military unit that's not going to allow the, con the, the Constitution to be overthrown, it's the 82nd. And it's also SOCOM, which they were worried about too. The Marines are in a fight for their own survival because uh, uh, all you can do is follow the, the sort of- Force, uh, Force 2030. Force yeah, 2030. Exactly. They want to get rid of the Marines. Stuff, right. So the, if, there, if there really was a total totalitarian, tyrannical government that is forming, that wants to do something new and- uh, you know, this may be controversial. I'm sorry, whatever. I don't think we're having elections this this fall. I don't think we're having fair elections. You may have an election. I don't think it's going to be a fair election. I would love for somebody to prove me wrong and show me those things. Above. I'm really, I want to be wrong about all this. But can can someone say to me this, or, or at least can you go this far with me? There is the possibility of the civil war right now. I don't want there to be. That's dumb. Mm -hmm. And if there is, you probably want all your units that you don't trust, OCONUS, outside the United States, as opposed to CONUS. My feeling is the 82nd Airborne is going to sit in Poland until mid-November. Yeah, so... <laughs> I can see I've lost you, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like, I like, I... This will be my I next like... military thriller novel. But if I yeah right, exactly like I, I, right, I'd like I to like come back to this podcast. <laughs> of course you'll be. Of course you'll. Of course you'll come back. I because uh, like I, I'll talk like I'll talk to anybody right. Sure. Like if if Putin wanted to be on this podcast, I would talk to Putin. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't agree with him, but I would I would talk to him. And the other thing too is you're a science fiction writer. You're going to come right. up with this stuff. That's what I do. Bane almost got canceled. Bane almost got canceled because people were just engaging in this sort of this sort of speculation. On their um, uh, what's the bulletin board mm -hmm. site like Bain's Bar, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what would really happen is like some self-serving um, coward wanted to elevate himself in the you know publishing world, and you know, tried to cancel an entire publishing company. The only one, in frankly, that uh, genre that is ideologically diverse, to be to be clear. Um, and failed, right? Um, because of the way it was, it was handled. Because I mean, you could cancel Facebook for the exact same thing. Sure. But um, 
you know, having these sorts of discussions, though, I think is is useful because we'll know. Yeah. We'll know in November. Who's I hope, I hope everybody writer. laughs at me and they're like, oh, he is the craziest, weirdest science fiction writer, but he's a good writer, you know, or whatever. Unperson me. Don't buy my books. If I'm that wrong, I'm believing I want to be wrong. I would hate to think that the 82nd is actually not. Do they have the 82nd all in their underwear with guns at them? No, you couldn't do that to those knuckle draggers. But can you put them on forever training detail saying, yeah, we're uh, we're here to help keep the polls or whatever. But it's certainly that we're not going to take everybody's guns away and declare martial law over in the United States. And we know that you knuckle draggers will have opinions about that. Okay. All right. So here's, here's what I, here's, here's what I, so I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't hope to be proven. I hope to be proven right in this case, because yeah. that's the scary. That's I can tell scary. that you like the idea though. It's a trap. I think, no, I would read, I would read that book. I, I would read, read that, that book. book. I think it's, I think it's like, it is so Machiavelli. Like, yeah. first of all, you're, you're committing um, a mistake. I often commit when I'm in corporations, yeah. which is not everyone is as smart not everyone is that smart. I was about to say it in a way that's right. made me sound much, much more arrogant, but like not everyone is that smart or that, that, in, you know, that well-meaning keep in mind, this is the same crew that, you know, demanded that we only have 15,000 troops in Afghanistan. So we had to like, we couldn't withdraw from um, Bagram. Instead we had to withdraw from Kabul and it was an absolute shit I have, show. I have crazy okay? thoughts on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, put that aside. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But like, look, like these guys aren't that competent. They're just, they're just not. And not only that, like, like America, like for the most part, Americans are fat, dumb, and happy, right? Like, it's gonna take the 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 government would literally have like the government's literally fired on its own people at Waco at Ruby Ridge. And there was a response, right, with uh, Timothy McVeigh, but it didn't really, you know, it, it didn't really, people didn't do anything because um, as, as dumb as governments can be, they're smart enough to isolate their yeah. I would just like to say this. That- I am a very happy, well-adjusted person, and my wife and I love each other, and we have no <laughs> intentions of dying in a murder-suicide. So just That's right. that for the record, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's great elections. On uh, in November, I hope the 82nd Airborne comes home and all them hoochie mamas gets those guys and is everything. But I don't know. You just got. I think I. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect the worst. You know. But no, no. You should certainly plan plan for the worst. But I don't think if you were if you were if you were the deep state and you knew you were about to pull some shit because can you honestly tell me that right now the Democrats have any kind of chance in November? No, they don't. You got to stay in power to get to the CBDCs, which is digital. What's the CBD? Digital banking. Uh, Yeah. So you can't. You can't come. Like, okay, let's. Do you do you believe this is the Obama's third term? Um, I mean, that's that's so rife with like feelings and like. uh, Let me just. It's a continuation. It's a. it's a continuation of similar policies, I would so, say. Okay, yeah, like let's not say Obama. An accurate like, way to say it. There, there is a, there is a, right. there is a, there's an intelligence collective, uh, you know, and I just mean a group of minds that that ha- seem to have a clear goal. Now, can you take a chance 
that you get another Trump who disrupts, who's a disruptor, or uh, you get the America first crowd or everybody. So like, look at, look at the issues that have surfaced. Um, they tried to do the abortion thing and I don't know why it's almost mid June and we still don't have a Supreme court decision. Um, they, they're, they're trying to do the race war baiting again thing. There's about two other issues that they've tried. Now they're trying to do, and suddenly we have all these shootings. They're trying everything that they can to inflame their base, but it's never going to work because even here in California, are, are you in Northern California? Isn't Mendocino at 10 bucks now? Is anybody concerned that they're adding extra digits to everybody's gas thing? You're never, there's no amount of racism. There's no amount of orange man bad. There's no amount of mean tweets that can overcome gas prices. So if you were that intelligent. And by the way, grain prices, grain price, like food prices are, yeah, they're already through the roof. They're going to be through the roof in the fall because of what Russia's done in Ukraine. Yeah, something something is up, but can does does the intelligence collective's plan involve hey let's create a disaster and then not get elected and make the republicans take responsibility that could be a real 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 plan or so, so, are they so, so close to what they're doing that martial law not having elections because of some sort of cyber attack or some sort of nuclear attack prevents us from doing that get them to that final step if so, you so, don't want the 82nd around. So I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on. I don't, I don't necessarily believe this. I don't necessarily believe this. Okay. okay. But all right. Um, uh, science fiction hat, science fiction thriller sure. hat. Yeah, that's, that's how we get away with it. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy uh, nut. I'm a science fiction writer. Uh, yeah. If, if, you know, there, again, this, there's a lot of assumptions. If there is a, permanent bureaucracy that controls more about what's going on in society than 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 appear that is apparent on the surface and i wanted to make sure that as part of that bureaucracy that my plans and long-term ideations become reality the way to do it is not the way that you you're suggesting the way to do it again, purely intelligence world, right, sure. is, is to have an Epstein Island, right, where I compromise key figures on both sides of the aisle, right? So I think, I think the Democrats are going to get shellacked, um, but I think the people who are going to win um, are either already, have already, you know, again, if I, if I, believe, in, if I believe in the conspiracy, are either already compromised or are compromisable. Let's take it like a JD Vance, right? Sure. Yeah. Probably not compromised yet, but if you wanted to compromise them, you know, you just uh, you know have have them have have a very attractive journalist interview them, yep. and then she roofies them. He wakes up naked in in her bed, and there's pictures, exactly. right? Like, how do you explain that? Well, I didn't I do it. They, like, I was set I, up. I was set up. I swear to God, I was set up. I think that they Is ran the operation them? in 2016 and it didn't work. They, they didn't go in on Hillary like they knew they should have. They thought she was going to win. Hell, yep. I thought she was going to win. And then they said, okay, well, run in and compromise Trump and tell him we don't, you know, obviously he's Trump. It's very hard to compromise him because his entire life has been compromised shit out in the open. And so they came in and they said, and Comey came in and they tried to trap him. And 
lo and behold, for some reason, with some weird ass reason that makes no sense about Donald Trump and his entire life, it didn't work. And then they put the hate on him. And the only place he had to go was conservatism. I don't think he would have gone. I think if they would have loved Trump or like, yeah, because oh, he's not a conservative. He's like, not they're, they're conservative, like he's, he's, he's just not. They, yeah. they, they unpersoned him and drove him right into our arms. But they tried that. They tried that whole thing. And so what I think we're at now is they can't take the chance that the compromised America firster isn't going to have a road to Damascus moment. Because that's what they're afraid of. I don't know. I like. I, I. I. I probably tend to agree more with you that it'll just be uh, new boss is the same old boss. It's just there are certain things that are concerning me: the supply chain weirdness, the food facilities breaking down, the baby formula stuff. Um, why are the Marines now on a Westpac? Well, Taiwan. Why is Biden seeming to want to provoke a war over Taiwan and just saying really weird stuff? Why are we in the Ukraine? Why is the 82nd in the Ukraine? The Ukraine has been, uh, the 82nd has been forward deployed now for probably two and a half months and they haven't done shit. They don't have any armor right. to support. They've got nothing. So let's talk about something called the fundamental attribution error. Sure. Right. Never, never attribute to malice what could be due to either chance or incompetence. That's, yes. I, I didn't explain it quite, quite well, but I, I think. With Biden's comments on Taiwan, I, you know, I think that was accidentally on purpose. And I think that just signals a policy change with China, which is um, you're, you're, you're kind of wearing down Taiwan's air force with these, this gray zone warfare where you're flying over and trying to exhaust their resources. Um, if you think that we are focused entirely on Russia right now, um, and you think it's a good time to take Taiwan, think again. Yeah. And I think that's, in fact, there was an exercise. If you watch some of the briefings with Jack Kirby, we actually ran an exercise, um, I think, down near the Strait of Taiwan, where we, we sent a flotilla through it or just to say... Oh, how many? It was it was three. It was two U.S. carriers, one French carrier, or one Australian carrier, one and the Japanese first carrier. So a lot so of this, people will tell you. So this was Japanese recent. Side, this was the re yeah. This was the recent one. We we had uh, was it an Indian carrier? It was two of ours, one of someone else's. But the big selling point was Japan's first carrier was going out, which is good because like that is a psychological operation. Sure. Because for those who don't know too much about you know the history of World War II, like the rape of Nanking. The, the Chinese have a deep-seated, um, and so the Koreans as well, um, they, they, I mean, they're like all like terrified, terrified of the Japanese samurai yeah. coming in and just doing what, and I think we need to, you know, while kind of keeping our friends in South Korea, uh, reassuring them, I think we need to be reminding the Chinese that like, look, we we're we may be across the horizon, but we are the only thing between between you and a a history like and, and the Japanese going back to their historical roots and and becoming warriors again yeah. because they are very effective warriors when they fight. And so I think 
you know, part part of it. And their economy is not in terms great of, right now. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, and that's be it's their fault, right? Because they shut it down for yeah. um, COVID COVID yeah. outbreak. Um, yeah. But uh, the old in, in terms goes, of what I think, you're trading or you're at war. And that's the thing everybody should be very concerned about, especially the Chinese should be concerned about that with the Japanese. Trade, no war. War, no trade. Yeah, and not only that, like um, China has a much bigger threat from its own internal population. Yeah. Right? They have the excess mail problem, bare branches or whatever, what have you. And those, those sorts of countries are inherently unstable. Like they, China and also has a history of peasant revolts and things like that. Yeah. And I think like the, the gears grind down on their economy. They're going to have massive internal, um, you know, they've already had to deal with Hong Kong, Shanghai, they had a massive lo- lockdown. They're going to have to deal with that. So they are highly vulnerable in that, yeah. in those you know areas and they need to be careful. But in terms of the A2nd Airborne, um, I, I think there is enough instability in the U.S. that any intelligent, uh, you know, if there is a secret, you know, deep state cabal that controls everything, which there's, you know, likely not, there's just, there's factions, there's like, there's always factions. But if there's some sort of faction that uh, is worried about internal instability in the US, the last thing they would do is suspend elections. Because that, that, that then you're going to get violence. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, unless I think if they just want, they violence. just do. But why? Like, well, it, it gives you, you. Well, you bring in you bring in your foreign air, foreign mercenaries, like we saw in Canada, that are wearing police and military uniforms, and they go out and get rid of everybody that you don't like under the guise of military operations. You shut down the internet. You 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 accidentally did lose a city when one of Putin's subs nuked Atlanta. It's really bad. Oh, that's just terrible. Uh, all these kinds of things. Like, I don't know. Like, yes. From a, from a fictional standpoint, there are a lot of crazy things. But what we're seeing from China to Japan, just like you're talking about, is and in the United States, we're seeing people reaching a, a revolt moment. I forget what the statistic was. It was something like, or what the, what the metric was, but when 40% of your population can no longer earn enough money for food, you are in prime revolt territory. That's true of most of the world right now. It's actually becoming very true for the United States. Um, people are going to revolt because they're pissed off and angry. If you shut everything down, and yes, there is an internet kill switch, um, certain military units are going to do the right thing. Some military units are going to do the wrong thing. If you're the power cabal, is, is there a deep state? Yes, there's a deep state. Are they fighting against each other? Yes. There's a mob. There are mob bosses. Just like in, in a, a Martin Scorsese flick, once you pull the heist, now you got to get rid of the rest of the uh, the mob. That's kind of what we're seeing, I think, in a lot of ways, is we're seeing, you know, the honest truth is the one world government or the globalist, whatever you want to call it, they've actually won. They've won already. Now what they're doing is deciding who's going to be the winner between the mob bosses. They all work together on COVID. China, Japan, the United States, the Royals, Europe, Putin. All of them have vaccines. All of them shut down the entire world. All of them shuffled the deck so that phenomenal wealth went to them and their friends. The middle class was destroyed. Africa and the Middle East are about to starve to death. A lot of problems, their problems, the problems of the eaters, were solved just by COVID, never mind the vaccine. 
but well, one could make the argument certainly for um, yeah. the the uh, I mean the, the the intriguing thing about COVID again I'm not saying this is the the cause is that um, countries like Japan, China, and the United States, but mostly Japan and China, have a an, like an aging demographic, a massive bulge that will take up in the U.S. to a lesser extent with the um, retirement of the baby boomers. They're going to have this massive um, bulge that's going to consume resources. And what you know, who does COVID kill? Disproportionately, people over sixty-eight years old. Now, I think that's just a unhappy accident of history, but it's a great, great conspiracy. And the reason I don't think it's true is because the Chinese—it's like the, that's the, their biggest problem. Same thing with Japanese, and they've had exemplary uh, COVID containment, um, you know, procedures that prevented that from happening. So again, I think that's going back. I have to go all the way back though to to pull. You keep throwing up these theories that uh, I have to. I feel duty bound to to you know. I, I you know I not like to oppose, it. but to no. I like, but to, I like, like I like I like the back and forth. I like the back no, and forth I like because my stuff to be attacked because one, I'm probably going to turn it into a novel. Um, right, but I'm not someone who 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 you know people bank their intelligence on their argument and their reputation, and if you don't agree with them, it's not. No, I, I'm wrong a lot. You should see me in my personal life. I'm constantly wrong, so I like my things shot to pieces. It's just I'm afraid that that of the times that they might not. But I would say this: just one little identification. I keep coming up with things, and you keep giving the benefit of the doubt that there's no ill intention, and that's fine. You can do that once. You can yeah. do it twice. But when you have to do it 10 times, when you constantly have to give the benefit of the doubt that there are no ill intentions, though there are constantly ill intentions, you might say to yourself, like, why am I doing so much work to give someone the benefit of the doubt? Maybe. Well, because I've seen I've seen enough stupidity. Yeah, I've seen enough stupidity to to kind of like. um, Now, now, don't get me wrong. Like, you're 100 percent right that I'm giving I'm, I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt. On the malice side, I'm certainly not giving the benefit of the, on the stupidity side. However, out of like those ten, again, we're making up numbers, but th- those ten instances where I'm giving somebody the benefit of the doubt or just blaming it on stupidity instead of malice, there's probably one or two, in my opinion, that I'm wrong on in the sense that where I'm attributing. Right. What if, happened, you're the, right? If, you're, if you're the manager of the grocery store and you come in and there's missing sandwiches from the deli case and missing liquor. And you keep saying, well, you know, it's just a bad stocking thing. Like eventually you're going to find enough missing items to say there might be malice here. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, just what's your, not malice, but give yourself a number where you will stop giving the benefit of the doubt and say, these sons of bitches are up to something. I don't know what the number is or whatever, but it's maybe something I want to give the benefit of the doubt because I mean, I worked for the government. You worked for the government. You you work for the government and you don't really believe in the grand conspiracy. You believe that they can barely get a training schedule accomplished. You know, you know and then that's that's a big leap too. Now we're going to- By the way, you and I- weapons. And by the way, you and I work for the most efficient and effective arms of the government. Yeah. Right? Like, like and, and what we would see, like the, the trigger pullers are the most efficient, but then you look at the- you know, not not necessarily the logistical side, but like the the back the back administration of the army and was completely incompetent, right? Like they took me, right? I graduated with an electrical engineering degree, 
from one of the top universities in the world. And they're like, you tank. And I'm glad they did it because I learned how to be a leader and things like that, but they wasted taxpayer dollars when they could have put me in some signals intelligence unit or, um, you know, military intelligence unit where I could, you know, cyber security, something like that, where I could have used those skills. The army knows best. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm glad they did. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to not only get an education on their dime, but also to get skills yeah. that I wouldn't have gotten if I had chosen where they would send me. Right. Um, but uh, no, I'm just saying, like, so I want to go do a lot since COVID about giving the benefit of the doubt and I'm fine for that. But how many times am I expected to just say, well, I guess they're incompetent because there are people out there with dead families that kind of don't make any sense. And there are people out there whose businesses have been burned. And, you know, we're always constantly told, well, I guess, I guess it's just this. I guess it's just that. It's like, after a while, I'm beginning to see a pattern from the government itself that doesn't seem to like us very much. You know? Well, they part seem, of it, too, they're, they're is... They seem more pro-Ukraine than us. Yeah, there's, there's also, like, uh, collateral damage, sure. right? Which is... So you have you have you have stupidity, you have incompetence, which is another shade of stupidity. You have malice, and then you have um, greed, which is where you see some collateral. That's not necessarily malice, but people are just pursuing things to help themselves, and there's collateral damage from that. And there's also problem solving, or let's just say covert problem solving. Where there are winners and losers, and and I want, and this is part of what we're what we're saying. This is not a conspiracy theory. Well, it's just a theory. Okay. Um, in terms of like the dollar, okay, and the national debt, there are like three ways to solve that problem. Okay. Um, one is to stop spending or to spend less. Okay, which neither administration has shown itself capable of. The second way to deal with it is to raise taxes to meet the funding, okay? Not popular at all, okay? What's the third way? You know what the third way is? War. What were we talking about earlier with gas prices and and, and food prices and inflation? Oh, inflation, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can pay off. So so what inflation does... Yeah, what inflation does is by inflating the currency, which is the Fed is purely independent, they can do this on their own, you reduce, you in real terms, reduce the amount of debt that you have to pay by inflating the currency. Right. And what that is, is it's like a stealth tax on the average American citizen. Now, is that, you know, malice or is it a way of solving a problem that is less transparent, but more effective in moving the way you want to want to go, right? So these things aren't always black and white. They're not always malice, and they're not always stupidity. But in that specific case, that is exactly what is happening there. Sure. Okay. But the twist might be this: How do all of them having government jobs, even our generals now, which in my day, I don't think generals did this shit. But all of them are multimillionaires now. You know, like, what's Nancy Pelosi? And by the way, for, for the record, for the record, yeah. I don't think this is a new. No. Um, I don't think this is new. I think this has been going on 
sure. since at least the end of World War II with the, right. with the construction of what Eisenhower called the military industrial complex, but, possibly but even before that. But suddenly the difference of, now, yeah. well, the difference now is there's more information, independent information sources with the internet that changed the game. Right. Back in the day, the regime could control, you know, what was, it was only what, three major stations. They could control the message that got out. So, and there was a common set of rules or not rules, but there's a common set of quote unquote facts, whether or not they were actually facts, who knows, right? Right. For the most part, yes. Yeah. Um, but now this kind of throws, uh, you know, the internet and things like that has thrown everything topsy turvy. There's also a lot of bad information on the internet too. It's completely, you know, look, I'm not a QAnon guy, and I, <laughs> you know, like, I, I think I think that stuff's crazy, right? But yeah, you know, I look, and I'm willing to admit I could be wrong. I doubt it, right? It's just it's, it's like the flat Earth types, like, like. Well, here's I, here's what's happening: is there are things that are absolutely insane that have happened. And then what you right. see that develops around those things is more craziness as they put up sort of, you know, ECM, ECCM, you know, basically trying to say, ah, we didn't want you to see that thing. So here's 48 other things that make it look super crazy. And then what kind of seals the deal is when they come in and say, and anybody who believes this is nuts. Is literally a Nazi. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm just saying like, right. um, it's not malice to inflate the debt unless would it be malice if you ran up the debt and looted the country and now you want to cover up your crime by basically inflating the debt and making the taxpayer pay off what you looted so if the debt is money that you looted is it then malice if you um, if you're the one person who did it, yeah. But the thing is, it's been done over a number of well, generations. I know. I mean, by I, but a certain political class. But statistically, right? it's been done by one person. Like, if we look at all the people in the United States, it's almost statistically immeasurable the amount of people that have profited from running up the debt, but they have profited. And then you see yeah. the people who are advocating all the just really awful policies. That seem to be like, there are times that I'm like, are the Democrats trying not to get elected by doing these things? Like, why are we having a third rail gun debate in an election year? So here's, so again, conspiracy head on, I don't believe this, but um, <laughs> if I'm a really devious deep sure. state cabal leader. I think we're right? auditioning for the deep state. I think they're, they're hearing this shit and they're like, those two are onto something. <laughs> I, I, I think I think the, the yeah the problem is it's like um, I I'd be really good at it yeah um, which is which is terrible but like if I were trying to avert a like a civil war right right um, or reduce tension I would absolutely make sure that the Democrats didn't win yeah. in the fall in order to restore confidence confidence in the electoral system um and 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 to calm now you're gonna you know you're gonna have you know the people the same people who burn burn the cities back in uh in 2020 kind of come out but you know um that's that is that is the most effective and light touch way in order to calm calm things down right um Anyway, that's 
Won't that, it be a that's, surprise that's, when the, the when the election when when the Democrats pull out? Not a bear margin, maybe a bear margin, but like, I mean, obviously there are doubts about the last election, whether it was fair or not. There are doubts, and there's some pretty effective arguments. If it yeah. happens again, and that's what that's what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch I'm not gonna touch that. Let's just, let's just say that there's enough um, there's enough suspicion from frankly from both elections, right? From sure. 2016 and and 2020. Um, that if, you know, if everything that's going on right now, the Democrats still win, like we're done. Like, like uh, pe- people, pe- like people will not, I, will I no absolutely longer... agree with you. Like if there is a deep state. And again, I'm, I not, I'm not saying that it's like, yeah. because I want the Democrats yeah. to lose or anything like that. It's just yeah. like, what, it's the economy stupid, right? It's a James yeah. Carville thing. It's the yeah. economy stupid. If you have people who, who are seeing $10 and again, we're probably not there yet, but $10 gasoline prices and, um, like a, a spike in energy, energy and food, food prices and inflation, your party's not going to win, nor does it deserve to win. Yeah. But if it does happen, it, it would, if I was the deep state, like you said, I would really be trying to make sure that that did not happen. But right. if it does happen, I can't say that it's an accident. I can say in what I see in a lot of things is I see a push to have a civil war and not by the side that I think would effectively win a civil war. I see a large group of people saying, um, we can do this because we think we have the military on our side and we're the Avengers like the Ukrainians and, and we're well supplied and we have all the tech and you just have AR-15s. You know, you can't win a civil war with an AR-15, but we need to take your AR-15s away. It's like, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of strange messaging and I don't think it's all accidental or... I'm, I, I, I guess I passed giving the benefit of the doubt and I'm trying to figure out mm. if there's an actual game plan. And that doesn't hurt me in any way, shape or form. If I figure out the game plan, then I probably profit either by survival or actually investment. But if there isn't a game plan, then I'll just profit by writing a novel about it and everybody, you know, Netflix buys it because it's, you know, the next 24 or whatever. But, you, but just talk to me first because yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find ways to like, Increase the verisimilitude of the yeah, uh, no, of, of, of that sort of or, or, or like the, the, the but this is what this is what this country lacks right now right it's just like you came up with a bunch of theories and I'm like I don't know I don't know interesting intriguing I would buy that yeah. book but I don't know but like it's a good back and forth where we're having this active discussion yeah and like there's no like you and I aren't taking it personally we're just no. like hey you have you have this fact oh that's interesting that's actually really creative like what, what about this what about that um but to go back yeah. to why i think the 82nd airborne is there um first of all like those those schedules are set years in advance about who's the like rapid reaction force things like that the 48 whatever and second um i don't think they're going to I think they're there as a deterrent so that if Putin decides to use a tech nuke, like we're involved. And I think with private channels that has been relayed, I don't know for sure, but that's what I would do. I'd be like, if you, if you drop a freaking tactical nuke on a Ukrainian city or on the battlefield, we will um, in two weeks wipe out every Russian unit that's in Ukraine. I would, I would, so, I would, I would agree with you 100%. And then I've got to add my twist. If you really did, if you really did want the American population to go to war with Russia, you would nuke the 82nd Airborne. 
but we don't do false flags in America. And those aren't taught. Well, not, not nuke. I'm talking about like nuke someplace in Ukraine, right? Because that would be enough to get I know, us involved. But if you suddenly had a bunch of dead forward deployed 82nd Airborne that got nuked, every American, we, we would actually stop our fighting. And yeah, we would actually, we would, we would go to war with Russia. But in now, the now States, you now you raise an intriguing point. Right? Yeah, in the United because States, we don't I, use false flags. Since the very beginning of this whole thing, the one thing that I've been saying is that uh, I, I got to be careful about how I say this because I don't like war is terrible, and what's happening to Ukraine it's is absolutely awful. Terrible. Yeah. But if there is one thing that could like reunite the country. It is a war with Russia or China. I, they would also accept yeah, China. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, you, but you have I mean, to. You have. I would to be have. all in. I would be all in. I'm sure you would be all in, and it would actually. Well, maybe I don't know. But it, it, it would it, unite. It doesn't work for the reasons that they wanted to work, which is to save the economy. Where you literally go to the people like leaders for ten thousand years ago and say, "Hey, we got to go take those guys' grain and stuff. We got to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to survive winter." You have to have an emotional touchdown. You have to have a 9-11. I'm not saying 9-11 was a false flag. There are people who say that it is. I'm not saying the Gulf of Tonkin was a false flag. I'm not saying that, you know, all these things. But my biggest fear right now is someone's going to die so that we have a reason to. Well, wasn't, it, wasn't the Gulf of Tonkin, is, Tonkin, I think it's widely acknowledged it was a false flag, isn't it? We don't do false flags, even though they're taught at the JFK Warfare School of Warfare. No, we we absolutely we 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 absolutely. So, do but stuff, but man. so so you're sitting in the room. It, the it's White actually House called strategic. And, and, de- it's actually called strategic deception. Like we right. we, we do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I I know. I'm I'm being arch, but you're sitting in the room, right. and what you just said to me, if if the White House were legitimately like this nation is fracturing, and that's far worse than a lot of things that could happen to us. I mean, like people don't understand the concept of a fracture, a balkanization. It's, you know, I've been to it's the horrible. world. You, it will not right. be fun. If you, okay, this is the worst thing I'm going to say in this podcast. If you really did want to save the nation, you would do that. You would create a, 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 a cause so that we would not end up killing each other on Main Street, which we're about to do. So, no, I, I wouldn't go. I, again, I think Americans are lazier than you're giving us giving us credit for. Like we have no, but you know, uh, suddenly you have all as, as of- fractured as things are. Things yeah. are pretty fat and happy. Like sure. you know, uh, but um, and the other thing too, to your point, people who've been deployed to like Bosnia and things like that, where you have these sorts of things. First of all, they they spiral out of control very quickly, um, and then second, they are very difficult to unwind. Once it happens and, and people who've been to war and I haven't. Right. Um, but we'll tell you that, like, I, I know you're revved up and I know like it's it's really, you know, you like you're, you're ready for that, but you're not really ready. Like, you know, we just all you know, lived through through 20 some odd years of terror and fear, war on terror and stuff like that. So. My which was is, nothing, which was nothing, nothing compared to it's not, it's, the, it's not even 1% of right. what something no, like we're, that we're seeing what a real war not. No, I'm not going to say that. We're seeing what happens when Russian artillery gets involved in and people who don't have the fundamentals of Western civilization, it becomes very barbaric. The people have to remember the Russians learned this shit from the Mongols and the Mongols were absolutely awful. You're in a caravan. You've left Jerusalem, you're winding out through there, the Gobi Desert, you come to a city, 
and they've stacked everyone's skull in front of the city. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. Just the Mongols. But don't they believe he killed Genghis Khan, killed, like reduced Earth's population by 10%, something like that? One in six Chinese males is related genetically to Genghis Khan. So you would yeah. have to kill a lot and some other stuff, a lot. It's, it's a very wild, interesting time. Let's update. I'll come back and everybody can laugh at me and say the paranoid science fiction writer was wrong. Or they can say, um, why doesn't the channel work? The internet's off. And Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, like, <laughs> if you're right, we're not coming back, Nick. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not. Um, so where were we with Russia? Uh, so, so the one point I want to say about Russia is um, on the faint. I, I think I think he it, it was it was kind of a Potemkin village um, offensive in, on purpose, but it was to just come in. I, I shouldn't say Potemkin. I think th- he wasn't trying to capture Kiev. No, never trying to capture it. He was trying to affect a lightning strike where he had Spetsnaz Wagner Group operative operators going in there. They had kill lists. Um, kind of like we have the, uh, I still have the the deck of cards, the Saddam deck of cards, um, like the 50 key leaders. So they're going to go in and find those people. And, and the reason I, I believe that is um, we were talking about this off, off camera before with the um, you know, the VDV, right? Like the, the Russian, the Russian power, paratroopers who were like literally shot out of the sky before they had a chance to deploy at um uh, what's the name of the Hostomel, Gostomel yeah. um, airport, right? Because yeah. that was the plan was to kind of seize that airport and then use that as a, as a forward deployed base to unload everything. They also went through Chernobyl. They wanted to like get around that river, but the, the goal was to put pressure. I think it was actually a feint in reverse. I think the, the main feint was actually in the East to suck up Ukrainian military resources so that they freed the North could end it quickly have affected change at that level. And then Putin no longer had to put any more resources in the country. He just changes the leadership, installs a puppet. Hey, a uh, special military operation is done. We pull back. But uh, I think what his GRU and, and FSB was telling him was that, oh yeah, we got these guys to fold. They're going to, they're going to, and it's and some of it worked. I think in Kyrgyzstan it did right. Where they, one of the bridges was left intact. They, they could go in, but Putin, it failed, so Putin focused again on the the Donbass. But the the one thing that he's doing that's smart, and that people are only just beginning to to get wise to, is he's re- reinforcing success, which is basically um, the Russian been the Russian way of war for the last hundred years, right? You just flood the entire battle space, and anywhere you have a point of penetration, you just shove everything through. And he had most of his success in the South, mainly because of it's drier. Um, they were able to influence more people. But the reason that um, it is increasingly critical there is because he can shut off Ukrainian trade through the Black Sea. And not only is it going to create a humanitarian crisis for the Ukrainians, it's going to create a humanitarian crisis for the rest of the world. At the same time, um, energy prices are going to start to come up as it gets colder in Ukraine, Germany, and the the sanctions, the sanctions regime is going to start to wobble a little bit. And the the thing that Putin has on us, and I just had a 
uh, I don't know when it's going to air. It'll air it sometime, sometime soon, but Sean McFate was on, Dr. Sean McFate was on this and he, he teaches at the national um, uh, defense university. And the point that he made is that if you look at, if you were looking at like a, an inverted triangle, okay. And you have like three levels of the military operation, military art, right? You have tactics, operations, strategy. On tactics, the Chinese and the Russians suck. And we saw how badly they sucked from Ukraine. Chinese are probably pretty similar. They're a little bit better at operations, though, right? Like they're good at planning a little bit larger. They might not have great NCO core, but they're a little bit better at operations. But at strategy, they are superior, frankly, to the U.S., in a, a number of ways. And the reason they are, you know, if I, if, I'll get back to that, but if I go back to the US, we're a triangle, okay? Tactics, you, you put you put a mili- like a US military mercenary in, in some place, like a, as a mercenary or whatever, they will change the performance of that unit, right? Especially an NCO who's been to combat, things like that. Operationally, also we're excellent, not as great, as we are at tactics, but we're superior to the Russian and, and, and Chinese model. But strategy, we're this tiny triangle at the top. And the reason we are is that the people setting strategy are people who've been in the military, either people who've been in the military for 30 years who are good at just getting shit done, but don't necessarily have never really, haven't quite developed that um, type of thinking, especially since they're not really setting strategy, they're just taking orders. Now, the people who set strategy are even worse. They're politicians who, in most cases, are probably sub-100 IQ people, um, don't understand anything um, at all. You know, maybe if they're slightly above 100 IQ people, they don't think long-term because they're thinking to the next election. And the people they install in these positions, um, again, to Sean, to quote, not quote, but to rehash some of the things that Sean McFate said, is that the person who gets to be deputy secretary of defense for policy are, are sometimes academics who could be very good if they, especially if they focused in that area for their entire careers. So I had a mentor who um, was very good at that stuff and, you know, and, and ultimately had held up fairly high position, but most of them aren't that way. They're people who were like advanced men or advanced women right, on a political campaign, where they're like, okay, the next town is uh, Sheboygan, let's make sure that he has his Pop-Tarts, and, you know, let's make sure he talks to the mayor, and, uh, you know, this, and then, like, he shakes, like, shakes a, uh, you know, hand with the the baby here, kisses a baby here, and the next thing you know, this motherfucker is writing, uh, you know, strategy, grand strategy for the next 30 years in China. We're not going to be good at it. We're just not. We're going to be terrible. And that's what worries me because Putin, um, it may have been a debacle thus far, but he's already thinking ahead to the fall. He's just like, all I got to do is choke these guys out and it'll be a frozen conflict. And then over the next decade, I can just shape the population so that I can replace the leadership with some leadership that's more amenable to reunification with the motherland, this and that. And uh, like the first stage is this. And what drives me nuts is why is nobody in the mainstream media talking about a convoy? 
Like we are going to have a massive humanitarian, and we talked about this kind of offline. I think you have you have the conspiracy conspiracy theory behind that, but I really don't. I just I don't think um, our policymakers right now are that smart. I don't like. Here's what I would do. I would say, hey, let's get a third party, and we again, like Sean McFate and I came up with this just on a, a call, just like this. Why don't we just get a an aspiring um, power or or two of them that has kind of some some bit of a navy and is not a party to the conflict. So let's say you get India, which is slightly tainted on the Russian side, and let's take Japan, it's slightly tainted on the US side, and have those guys escort grain shipments from both Ukraine and Russia. Like, hey, white flag, we just want to make sure the grain gets to its markets. What's the problem? You don't have a problem with that, Russia? And Russia, of course, says yes. Then it's just like, okay, well, the U.S. comes in, we'll start sinking your fleet. Well, um, but nobody's even nobody's even gaming this. We're not even talking about this. It's well, driving me nuts. And that's, as you know, in intelligence, when you don't know where something's at, that's probably where some like if there's a blank space on your map, something's probably going on there. So I would say, grain is about to become very important. It's very important. It's about to become very important. So why wouldn't Russia just take all that grain? Well, they already are. I know. So they, they, don't are. Want, they, they don't want anybody in there. They're taking the grain and we're about to see a lot of other crazy things, but let's, let's come back in a month or whatever and talk yeah. about it and, and see. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, keep, I agree on with here everything forever, so. you said. I absolutely hope they're con, com, incompetent and clueless. And this is just a series of bad mistakes that I can assign low level IQ and intelligence, all these awful rotten things to because if I'm right, and the it's side horrifying. effects are right. the intended effects. This is horrifying. This is Nazi Germany level on crack with the resources to get shit done level stuff where they're literally looking at, at, at groups of people and saying, well, your time's done. You're dead. We're not feeding you. You're dead. Uh, let's wipe out this population. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, I really hope they're not that smart, but have me back, please. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I also don't think they're that evil either, but you know, we'll see. There's no such thing as good and evil in their circles. There's just winners and losers. They good and evil are, you know, it's like, remember, this is a group of people that don't believe there's such a thing as a mind. They believe there's a brain, but they don't believe there's a mind. It's a little subtle things, but no, they don't believe in good or evil. Those are those are those are concepts for your pastor. All right, my friend. Thank always, you. It's always a pleasure. All right. I'll be back and I'll be wrong. Let me be wrong. I hope you're wrong, man. I, I hope, hope you're wrong, wrong, brother. I really do. All right. Always a pleasure. If you enjoyed this video, hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time.